Cheers, everyone, and happy Wednesday, and welcome to another awesome happy hour. I'm really excited once again to introduce you guys to an, an amazing woman, uh, this time somebody who I have not actually met in person before, um, which is amazing because she lives like three hours from me. Um, but I'm super excited to introduce you to her. She should be joining us very soon. Um, she is the owner of Weld Like a Girl. She is a weld instructor, uh, but she's got a very interesting background and kind of backstory as to how she got where she is, and I'm really excited to uh, have her share that with you all. So I'm gonna see if she's... Right, let's see, acting. Oh, there she is, yay! Hey, so glad to see you. So glad to see you too. Happy Wednesday, cheers. Happy Wednesday, <laughs> cheers. Beautiful, what are you drinking? Um, not gonna lie. I'm drinking champagne, but I'm drinking it out of a recycled windshield glass. What? Right? That's super cool. They, Where'd you find that? Stuff out of recycled windshields. Is that, a, that is it a local local business or? Uh, no, I, I actually did it um, from, it wasn't Etsy. It was uh, <laughs> um, Uncommon Goods. Oh, interesting. That yeah. is Fantastic. I am really excited to kind of meet you. We've been talking online for a while here and there and never actually met. So I'm, I'm super jazzed. Uh, for everybody who is, is watching, who we are talking to today is the amazing Sharon Aaronmore, right? Did I get that right? Aaron Moore? Beautiful. All right. You've got a last name like mine, right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, you spell it out every single time yep absolutely if people yeah. if people see it they can't pronounce it and if they hear it they can't spell it it's kind of the way that works but so i i want to dive kind of right in but first i want um i want you to share with everybody um sharon is the owner of weld like a girl which is a really really awesome organization and why don't you tell everybody who may not be familiar with that um what what you guys do what is weld like a girl so weld like a girl is a girls and women's empowerment project we do let gentlemen play as well on the business card it says gentlemen not jerks may play with us um, <laughs> Because I'm not going to lie, Bogey, and you know it, um, I'm done with jerks. Having worked in the welding industry for a long time, um, I'm kind of over jerks. And so, um, like, you're invited into my space as long as you're not going to be a tool. I love that. <laughs> yeah. um, and I set up my shop so that it's inviting to girls and women. Um, every booth has a different Dr. Seuss quote. Um, but the way I know is awesome. So you kind of pick the day that kind of resonates with you. So basically what happens is I've taught as, well, we, because there's a couple of us that have been doing this, um, but I primarily um, have taught as old as five years old and as young as 88. I love the way you say that, as old as five and young as 88. That's fantastic. <laughs> that's, that's where they're at, right? Like, I'm five years old. And then, you know, oh, I'm only 88. Yes. So right. exactly. um, I love it. We've taught all all shapes and sizes and it's just been so awesome and the main thing that that i choose to do is project-based learning okay. so for the most part if someone signs up for a class it's like they're gonna they're gonna come in and make a thing whatever that thing is that they signed up for that's what they're gonna go home with that same day 
two reasons. One, I want people to be set up for success. And two, I don't ever want to grade homework. I'm done. I'm over it. I was a college professor with all that kind of late night grading. Uh-huh. So you, know, you, you go home, you feel really empowered and maybe you come back and you weld again and maybe you don't, but that's okay. It's about like really the whole point of this project initially and still to this day is if you did something today, you didn't think you could do, what else could you do? I, I have that, I have that written down because I wanted to, to share that quote that I heard from you. And it's, I, I love that because that's, it's so true. Like I, I teach basic car care classes and it's not, it's not about the cars. I mean, yes, everybody should know this stuff. Everybody should know how to change a tire, but it's when you take something that you thought was scary and, and you realize it's not so scary anymore, what else might not be so scary? And I think that's a beautiful thing. And cars are a perfect example. I mean, boys have always done the car thing. Yeah. That's the role. In my personal family, um, I was interested. I'd put my head in, peek into the, under the hood, and they'd say, get out of here, kid. You bother me. Mm. Okay. So, I mean, literally, I, would, I have a favorite uncle. He is only 11 years older than me, and he's one of my favorite people in the world. That's he awesome. had me change, like, I don't know what I was doing, but the master cylinder in my car because it died and I'm, I'm under there and he's telling me what to do, but I don't really understand what I'm doing at that moment, right? I had to take a basic automotive class as part of my welding degree to mm. know what the basics were. Like, I didn't understand the whole engine, four stroke, two stroke. I had to right? take a class because that's just not something that we're given. No. On because, you know, just, I don't know. Either no. They don't important or... Maybe they just think it's not very ladylike. I don't know, but um, I don't. Well, and it's funny because I feel like these days it's not just ladies. Like, I feel like everybody should know certain things. Like, once you get your driver's license or should be part of driver's ed, right? Like, to learn the basics. But these days, like, how, how do you have the opportunity to explore this stuff if you don't have somebody in your family to expose you to it? And you just well, never know. I mean, you're similar to me. You've gone through... A, a large part of your life before you came to welding and made a career out of it. So I actually, I want to dig into that a little bit because you have an amazing backstory um, and, and you had several renditions and chapters of your life, all of them fascinating. Uh, but I love the fact that you have uh, the, the nickname or code name, uh, Wellness Welder. <laughs> So tell, tell us about that and what is a wellness welder and how, how did that come about? What's your back, backstory? So, um, you know, I don't know if uh, you can take the, take this for what it's worth, but there's a song from Rascal Flats that was actually written by, um, um, hold on, I'll think of it. <laughs> yes, the Green Dirt Band, sorry. Um, and it's uh, The Broken Road. And so it's basically broken road is like all of the things in your life have led you to where you are right now. And I really firmly believe in that. So, um, I went to grad school for something completely unrelated and I wound up being a college professor and I ran a wellness program and I wrote a four year college major in Iowa. And I have students that have graduated and who are some of them are wellness directors and some of them are physical therapists. And I'm super proud of all of them. Um, but I was living in Iowa and, uh, you know, being three and a half hours away from each other, we're, we're kind of familiar with that weather that isn't awful, except for just this moment where right. there's humidity. <laughs> so like nine, 10, 11 months of 
pretty nice weather is not so bad. And um, North Central Iowa, you don't have that same experience. So um, <laughs> yeah, I'll just be polite about it. Um, so anyway, I left that um, to for a job in Arizona and I became a college administrator thinking that that was the next step. Cause that's what, you know, kind of the experience when you're in education, you're in higher education, they're like, all right, well, being an administrator is the next thing. In the meantime, I'd gotten another grad degree in mental health uh, and community counseling. And I specialized in marriage and family. But what I really did was, um, okay, I mean, you, you know this for a fact. One in three girls, that's probably way too low, but I was a sexual abuse counselor. I, I counsel sexually abused children and their families. And, um, and like, you know this and I know this because people talk to us but a lot of people don't understand how prevalent it is. And so I, I did that part-time when I was a college professor. And the cool thing was you could only be part-time because it's too much. The burnout. Maximum 20 hours a week, all of us had another full-time job. So in the meantime, so that happens and, um, and I come to Arizona and I was a college administrator and I realized the $5,000 more a year they were paying me, I'd have paid them to not have to do that because it just wasn't me. I mean, nothing against administration. It was just everyone, when you're on that level, everyone who approaches you is angry about something. <laughs> oh, yes. Or angry with faculty, faculty, <laughs> and administrators, administrators are just angry. So I'm like, <laughs> I come from a field of wellness. Do you guys not understand like wellness? I want to talk to you about like how to improve your life and how to be positive and how to focus on things that like, you know, when someone's really upset about stuff, I'm like, all right, well, what's going right? Let's focus on what's going right. Cause you did something right to get to this point. So let's, let's focus on that. I love so, that. Strongly is in wellness. And I got into welding, um, through blacksmithing. I needed, okay. uh, I would always explore, I taught stress management and I would always explore opportunities for my students to find an additional way to manage their stress that wouldn't necessarily be like, um, or breathing into a box or whatever. I mean, I, I teach those things, but like, that's not what everyone can do. Sure. You know? Yeah. Um, boxing, I did beginning intermediate and advanced boxing in Iowa. I started blacksmithing. Um, so I was blacksmithing here in Arizona and honestly, it, it was one of those accidental miracles. If you want to think about Bob Ross, you know, um, had taken the class so many times that when the instructor said this class is going to go away, I went to the head of the welding department. I was actually higher on the food chain than him, but he never acknowledged that, which was kind of funny because now we're good friends. <laughs> yeah, because he was a coordinator and I was a director, but he was still the man, you know. And that was, okay. I talked about that a lot. And uh, anyway, I said, look, um, I'm a novice blacksmith because I keep doing the same class over and over again, but I'm a really good teacher. So if you'd like me to be your placeholder until you find the right person, I can do that. Because oh, he wow. said, hey, and I'm like, I'll take that. And he goes, I'll take a risk on you. And, but you need to take a welding class so that any welding students who are using terminology that you don't understand, mm. you'll understand them. Oh, interesting. I know, right? Well, that's how he. <laughs> and you bit. Boy, did you bite. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, the only, so our, our program here is very good. And, um, 
especially at that time, it was super strong. So the only class that was open was welding sculpture, which is kind of ironic because it really isn't necessarily a sculpture class. It's more of a survey class. You do a little bit of stick welding, a little bit of oxyfuel welding, you do a little oxy cutting, you do plasma, you do MIG, you, you do everything but TIG, but it's really just a, you know, oh. test things out, come up with yes. a project, find a way to do it. Yeah. And um, I'll tell you that I, I couldn't have admitted this at the beginning because it was too embarrassing, but now I'm <laughs> so upset. I was terrible. I mean, terrible. <laughs> terrible. And so um, being the granddaughter of a stubborn Irish woman, I, um, at the end of the semester, when I didn't have to take any more welding classes, I immediately signed up for oxyfuel welding because I thought, well, it's not going to win. I, I mean, I, I need to be able nice. to, I mean, like, I, I, I obviously can conquer this. So then I take the class, head of the department is teaching the class, and, and I, I go up to him about a couple days before drop ad, and I said, oh, you had to call him by his professor name at that time now we can I can call him by his first name because I've graduated but I said look um I don't really want an f on my transcript because I have graduate degrees what do you think about that and he's like give me the great piece of advice hopefully this will be useful to anyone who's watching it's it's seriously one of the most sound pieces of advice he said right when you were about to give up you are one week away from a breakthrough I said all right now I'll take a chance on you. And I went in and I practiced and practiced and practiced in all the open lab times. And I walked in one night and there was a young man in there who had already taken my marriage and family class. He'd already taken my rock climbing class that I taught. <laughs> I was teaching in a different area. And I looked at him and I said, Steve, what is the, what's the trick? There's gotta be a trick. I mean, every career has a trick. Like what am I missing? Cause I'm just, I'm not getting this. And he said, have you found your song? I said, ah, oh, this, this is the part where you're bullshitting your professor. And just let me remind you that I still have to give you a grade at the end of the semester. He goes, no, I'm serious. <laughs> okay. I don't know. If <laughs> Two nights later, I come in. No lie. I will not mention his last name. The carpenters were blasting in the lab. The carpenters from the seventies. Okay. I said, so this is your song. He's like, you tell anyone. <laughs> right? And I'm not going to lie. He was right. It's all about slowing down. It's about like just mm. welding, welding 99.9% .9 of the time is people go too fast and they just need to relax. And like you were mentioning before, like this is for automotive. We should learn this with our driver's license. These are, these are things that we shouldn't be afraid of. And welding is one of those, Oh my gosh, it's out there kind of things. But really all you need to do is just take a breath, slow down. If you're wearing all the right PPE, you're going to be fine. You might make a, a pile of bird crap on right. a piece of, but you're not going to die. Like, and it's just metal. It's just metal. Fine. But people <laughs> don't understand that, you know? Yeah. So like, all right, slow down. And when I finally did, man, it hit and it, it just, I just kept taking class after class after class. And so I, I knew that first day of class that I was going to, I needed to do a women's empowerment project. I needed to bring this to women because uh, I worked with a lot of domestic violence survivors and a lot of sexual abuse survivors. And I just, I knew that this would be a thing if I could convince them that it wasn't terrifying, that they would connect. And it took me a long time to get there, but I finally, um, when I quit Miller, um, 
it, that was the, that was it. It was right there. I love all of that so much. And I cannot believe that we have not actually hung out in person before this because, oh my God, like, like right. it is. Peterson told me about you like three or four years ago. He's like, why have you not been bogey? I go, I I <laughs> You're like off on some shoot or SEMA or something amazing. And I'm like, oh. oh, I don't know about that. But you are, you are speaking, speaking my mind and my heart. Seriously. It, it is. It's, it's so amazing to watch that transformation too. And I, I did um, domestic violence counseling when I was in college and I, I experienced incredible burnout from that. And oh, I remember God. in that moment being like, there's, there's gotta be another way to empower women, to work with women, to help them see themselves bigger so that we oh, kind of, Right, so that we avoid this whole thing in the first place, right? That doesn't also drain my soul. And it, it was amazing working with domestic violence victims. It was phenomenal, but it's, it's a lot, right? It's, it's a lot. And I wanted to empower people instead. And, and I, um, I mean, I've, I've thought, I've been asked, you know, from time to time, would you come back? And I'm like, I, I don't know. I could, but the problem is our current healthcare system is based on the brief therapy model, which is three sessions. Which is nothing. If, if you're a domestic violence victim, it didn't take you three sessions to get to that point. If you were a childhood trauma survivor, it didn't take you three days to get to that point. Someone groomed you for years and someone trained you for years to, to shush about it. And there, there's so much there. You can't solve that problem in three weeks. No. And I just, I don't have any respect for that type of, thinking like I understand this is a long-term journey and so a lot of the time when you're a therapist you're actually fighting the system it's not about the client you're, you're hearing their stories you're taking that in and it hurts your heart but a lot of what burns you out is the fact that you're fighting to get them more time because you can't fix all of the I mean you're never gonna fix all the cracks because you know all of the cracks we all have you know, but but the um the Japanese when you break a, a pottery dish yes glass I mean like kudos Amen. you know that's kind of the way I look at it, but, uh, but you can't, you can't really solve long-term issues in such a brief time. And that, that's what burned me out the most. I think yeah. it wasn't stories. I mean, the stories, they hurt your heart, but for the right reasons, because they should hurt your heart. Yes, people know. Absolutely. And, yeah. and my guess is that you still, you still hear a lot and you're still a counselor. I mean, I'm not certified by any stretch of the imagination. I, I you know, I didn't study psychology. I, you know, don't all the more power to you for that. But, you know, it's part of the role that we play in doing what we do as instructors um, and, and through our businesses. I'm sure there's a, a ton of crossover and you use it on the regular. When I worked for Miller Electric, I was the Western Regional Trainer which um, was interesting. I was the first woman in that role. I found out from a little bird later on, the boss that I initially had, who has long since retired, um, basically um, said, you know, we are not sure about women being trainers. We're, we think that men want to be trained by men. And well, and, and that was very old school. And, and he's, you know, like I said, long since retired. Um, but I didn't know that going in. And so I said, I'm going to be the best damn trainer you've ever had. Because <laughs> I know, and so, um, but when I was the trainer there, I was often told, "You." I, I had nine sites. I was all over the, the country. I was Denver and West, Edmonton, Canada, and South. Okay. And um, 
this was a big, big territory. I train, uh, traveled every single week, every morning, six o'clock okay. in the morning, Friday night, 11 o'clock, midnight, come home. It was, it was exhausting, but it was cool and I loved it. But, um, but what the, um, the main thing for me was, um, I see Esme just made a comment. Heck yes, Shannon, you need to meet Esme. Esme is a yeah. red young lady. She's a welder, but she really, really is into um, automotive at the moment. I'm like, you Ooh. need to meet Awesome. Hi, Esme. <laughs> nice to meet you. <laughs> um, but anyway, what I was told often with the folks that I was training for Miller was, you're like a life coach with a welding helmet on. You come <laughs> in the booth and you're like a ninja and you come in and you give us encouragement and then poof, you're gone. And, I'd <laughs> and that's exactly it. I mean, you know, certainly you will hear someone's story and, and if they need to talk, you're going to listen. And I, I will too. Um, but sometimes they don't need to tell you things. You just need to find in them what they need to see. Mm -hmm. I don't know how many times I've had, especially women, sometimes men, but usually women come in and they say, I didn't think I could do that, but you knew. Like, yeah. How'd you know? Oh, I knew. I knew when you walked in the door, I knew you could do it, but yeah. how'd you know? I'm like, I, I don't know. I knew. You just yeah. Know. Oh God. And and that's so powerful. Cause I think it's, there's something about having somebody believe in you, even without knowing you, right. That is a powerful, a powerful thing. You know, a lot of the ladies that come through the all female builds, they come in for a day or a weekend or, you know, a really short amount of time. And they, they, they thank me for this, this major transformation process that they experienced. I'm like, that was not me. I may have opened the door, but you did that. You exactly. did all that. And it's not, it's not me. All I did was, was know that you could. And then I let you prove it to yourself. <laughs> my, my model is I teach, first of all, you know, welcome everyone, but I teach safety. Mm -hmm. And then I, depending on the group, I'll either teach plasma cutting first or welding first. Um, and also depends on the project. Um, but then I give them the tools. I watch them. I make sure they're safe doing what they're doing. And when we get to a certain point where everyone's kind of gotten it, I wheel out like, okay, this is the stuff we can work on today. Or if it's a yard art class, have at it. Here's the shop. Um, try not to take anything that's like actually permanently fixed to the walls off. Cause I might, <laughs> you know, cause you have to be really careful. You know, um, people will be taking things that I'm like, um, that's shelf. Can I just hold on? But that's okay. <laughs> I can fix it. Don't worry about it. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but yeah, you, you basically give people tools and then you stand back Yeah. and up to you. And they say, well, how can I do this? Is this possible? Oh, well, pretty much anything is possible. It's a matter of how much time do we have and you know, yeah. what do you ultimately want to do? Yeah. Yeah. Or try it and see what happens. Right. Like learn that it doesn't work. We've both yeah. learned something. Great. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Put the tool in their hands. I, gosh, I can't preach that enough. Cause that's, I think that's the thing that, that women particularly have, have struggled with over the years is that nobody's put the tools in our hands, especially when it comes to the trades. Right. And there's so many women who, who come through girl gang garage and I'm sure you get as well that are like, I've always wanted to try this and I never yep. had the chance, right? No, I never had the opportunity. And when you, give somebody a tool and say, have at it, 
and there's no laughing, there's no judgment, there's no criticism. It's all just safe exploration. Like, oh my God, what a world changer that is for people. Exactly. Yes, exactly. You put the tool in their hand and then, then they don't, um, they have fear at that first minute and then they realize that there's nothing going to spontaneously <laughs> bust in their hands. Or, oh my gosh. Oh, you mean it? Like, I don't know how many people expect a kick from a weapon. Or from a weapon. It's right. I, but I realized that at the beginning because that's not been my experience. So now I know when I'm teaching, I can say to them, there isn't a kick. Like, oh, okay. Because how do yeah. you know unless it's been in your hand? Totally. I had a woman in one of my early, early women's car care classes. She was very, very powerful in her mid fifties, powerful, successful businesswoman. And we got through the whole class and I hadn't taught checking tire pressure because I thought that that was just a, a really simple thing that nobody needed to know. So we get to the end of the class and this powerful businesswoman says, can you teach me how to check tire pressure? Cause I'm always afraid that the tire is going to explode. Right? And it was like, oh my oh. God, sometimes it's the simplest things that hold people back. Yeah. I don't know how many people, how many men have told me, especially men. I, I don't know how to read a tape measure. Oh. I'm the me? worst at that. <laughs> and honestly, like I grew up in the sciences. So metric is so much easier for me. You just move yes. a decimal point. I'm like, oh my gosh, bogey. This is a truth. I remember. When I was going through my welding program, I had just been, um, I'd been asked to do the Skills USA fab team. Okay. So fab, welding fabrication is a team of three. And I said, no. And my instructor said, well, why not? And I said, cause I don't want that kind of responsibility. Okay. Cause I, I was still not feeling very confident. I mean, I wasn't teaching yet. I was a student. And he said, well, will you agree to be the alternate to the alternate? I said, yeah, I could do that. <laughs> By the next day, two days later or a week later I was I was on the team right I'm like oh, I don't do <laughs> I'm freaking out I'm like oh, what if I do something wrong you know I'm letting my teammates down well this most stressful part to me was when he said okay five sixty fourths so my brain goes okay, <laughs> divided by two thirty two divided by two okay <sighs> like I'm going down I'm going I'm like five sixty fourths that must be a really small number Got it. Like, like that's how I, I still have to sometimes think like, how do I, anything that's below a 16th, I'm always like, Oh, I hate it. So what oh I God. do with is I draw with a piece of soapstone on the floor and I'm like, okay, what is anything over itself? And they don't always understand that. I go, I, if I go eight over eight, that equals one, right? Yes. Well, what's four over eight, a half. Okay. So I just take, I do a line bracket here and, and I have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. So eight eighths are one, four eighths are half, two eighths are a quarter, and then we break it down from there. I don't do more than a sixteenth because honestly, whip out your calculator, whip out your phone, it's fine. I mean, for you, honest, like I think it would be worse because you have all the wrenches and stuff that have all the weird numbers and like eleven six. You're like, that's why I love metric. Metrics yeah. so much easier. I was teaching a woman at my shop yesterday and she's like, how do you know all the sizes? I'm like, well, it was smaller than 16, which means it's 15. <laughs> like, that's easy. But when you get into the fractions, I'm the worst. I am the absolute worst with a tape measure. I'm like, it's 16 and a half and a 32nd. <laughs> Cause 
I can't math that. Like, <laughs> okay. The best part is I've been working on, um, so during the whole zombie apocalypse, which is what I'm calling the COVID experience, um, <laughs> the whole zombie apocalypse, um, I can't have classes like normal. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that. Yeah. Yeah. Welding is, a, is an essential business. So I fortunately haven't had to be one of those people that has squirreled away at home with a mask on in my own, own home scrubbing every day, even though I haven't left, which right. kudos to people who can do that. But like, I can't, if you haven't left your house, like do it once and you're good, but whatever, <laughs> work. And I, and I say, I get to go to work because I'm grateful. I mean, there are people that are losing their minds from not being able to go into their shop or going to whatever business they, they do. Yeah. So, I mean, most of the time during the zombie apocalypse, um, I've been doing random repairs. Local pest control will come by and say, hey, we broke the ladder rack. I can't get up on the roof anymore. Can you help me? Sure. Uh, random, random weird things. Um, we have a very large winter visitor population like you do. In we have about 80,000 extra old folks that, that show up here. <laughs> so, um, those people couldn't leave without certain repairs being done. Mm. So I'm like, automotive but like yeah i can weld the things on to your trailer or whatever and so i'll do that but i've had some private lessons throughout that entire experience and they have been children and they are the children of marines and border patrol agents which mm. you know i i thank all first responders and uh so and military and uh and during this experience there's one young lady that loves math to the point where she's like, oh, oh, let me do it. Yes. I'm like, okay, so we have <laughs> this measurement and this measurement. And meanwhile, I've got my back here and I'm like, check it, whatever. <laughs> and she's like, she comes up with it. She does this long division or long multiplication thing all on soapstone on the floor. And she's like, this is what I get. And I'm like, you're totally right. That's <laughs> and actually amazing. what we did, one of our fabs, which was, this was awesome. Um, she did the, the math long ways. The young man who's also 11, he measured everything with a tape measure. No, he, um, how did he do it? He measured it in the tape measure and I used simple math, like meaning like, so you have this, so take away. Mm -hmm. Just subtraction, just super subtraction. We all came up with the same answer around the same amount of time. And I said, ah, isn't that cool? We mm -hmm. all we all can have our own way of doing something and we all come up with the correct answer. Yes. You don't math. You don't have to math. You just have to be able to master something else that will get you to that answer. Totally. Or and that's not just math. That's life, right? Like right. that is life. <laughs> I my CWI, my certified welding inspector exam. And um, you have a code book. So it's an all day exam. It's a brutal exam. Um, but thankfully, that's the initials CWI, CWE that changes things. When when men look at you and they find out you're a CWI, they're like, oh, okay, well, damn, she does know something. All right. Um, that that <laughs> day did, that day, a lot. Um, but anyway, in your yeah. code book, you're allowed to bring the code book. And I, we had to do the D11 structural code. So it's about this thick. You can't write anything during the exam in your code book because they don't want you writing any of the questions out. Prior to arriving, you're allowed to write anything you want in this book. Inside of my code book, I have a little chart. It's inches and all this, and it shows uh -huh. you the trick on the other side. So I could do, I have this written out, like it's a, an enlarged thing so I could see it fast. 
Um, so it's not, but it's, it's to scale, but it's not accurate. Um, but it's basically metric and, um, and uh, standard English at the same time. So that when I'm reading a question and they say, you're allowed to have no more than three thirty seconds of pitting, but no more than an eighth of an inch within an inch period of time of disformity is disc discontinuity. Then I'm like, okay, how, cause you have to add it. I know. Right. Like that starts to get anxiety. Like I'm like starting to sweat during the exam, but I just flip and I'm like, Oh, look, here it is. I've got the conversion. And I just, I have nice. math in the corner of my uh, figure that out because I, I don't want to get stressed out about math. Like it's, it's, it's okay. You don't have to right? find your own way. <laughs> yes. And yes. Well, metric world will be easier. So I'm, I'm going to wrap this one up. We will do this again. Yes, definitely. Mike, um, got some comments coming through saying that. Yes, absolutely. We will have her back because love her story, love her energy. I hope you guys did as well. And um, definitely make sure that you check out her page, Weld Like a Girl, and, and cheer her on and support her in what she's doing. If you know anybody in Arizona that wants to take her classes, send them in her direction. Um, as you can see, she's, she's an incredible woman just doing really awesome work. And uh, I'm really thrilled that we were able to have her here even as long as we were. So um, sad that technology did what it did, but at least we got a nice, uh, nice 40 minutes of hanging out and chit-chatting with her. So we will have her back in the future. In the meantime, thank you guys all so much for joining in. I really appreciate you guys. Um, I really love sharing all of these women's stories with you guys and hopefully you're enjoying it as well. If you have anybody amazing that you think that we should have on happy hour, shoot me a private message and, and pass me on a name. And we're going to keep these going for, for a long time to come trying to shine a light on, on all of the incredible, incredible women doing so many amazing and varied things all throughout not just the automotive industry, but the trades in general. So cheers to you all. Have a fantastic rest of your week. Go out and make some magic. Remember to be good to yourselves and be good to those around you. 